0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Business Meet Spirituality. Today, we have a bonus episode for you that will give you an expert's perspective about investing in the current real estate market. As part of our recent Achieve Freedom Now event in partnership with our sister company, Achieve Freedom Coaching, Adam and Carrie interviewed Peter Pasternak about his principles of investing for realtors, strategies for investing in the current market, how to successfully flip homes, and much, much more. Peter is a business owner and entrepreneur who had a leading role on A&E's Flip This House founded Real Estate Connections in 2010, and has a passion for real estate investing. If you are interested in flipping houses or investing in the current market, Adam and I think you will get a ton of value out of this episode. Thanks for listening. Now on to the show. And let's go ahead and get started. We're going to talk about investing in the current market. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our industry expert. I actually had the opportunity to be connected with Peter Pasternak through a mutual connection. Um, he has 20 years experience in the baking industry. He financed over 500 businesses. In 2005, he actually landed the leading role on a and Flip This House in Atlanta. He has shared his knowledge on Fox Business Channel, Georgia Society of CPAs magazine, and Business World magazine, in addition to various speaking and radio engagements. In 2010, he started Real Estate Connections, which is a group of over 20,000 people now nationally. I sometimes spend some time in Clubhouse with him where he shares a ton of his value, and his expertise as well. And so we're super excited to have Peter with us. Peter, how are you? Welcome, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much, Carrie. It's a pleasure uh, to be here and I always appreciate the opportunity to uh, share with my knowledge and and be around other positive, like-minded people.
0: Awesome. So you've been on quite the journey um, and I'm just curious, how fun was it to be on A&E's Flip This House?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you probably everybody asks you Peter? I was going to say that's a question I get asked more than anything (laughs) like well how did you like it and how did you end up on TV so Mm -hmm. I'm going to answer that too if you don't mind (laughs) so you know when my background before I got in people think I've been in real estate forever and I haven't right my background I'm a CPA I worked at Price Waterhouse for a couple years I had way too much energy for that uh (laughs) Uh, then I went to the banking world. Uh, for 20 years, I was a banker. I started as a bank auditor. And by the time I was done as president of the bank. So I love talking about business and entrepreneurship. And uh, I always say in 2004, uh, I got more in touch with my entrepreneurial side. I grew up in Connecticut. My dad owned a Dunkin' Donuts and a restaurant. So I grew up in an entrepreneurial uh, thing. So I had the opportunity to buy a, um, a commercial printing company. It was one of my clients. And I did. And in a year, I bought six other companies all needing printing for vertical integration. So um, in 2004, five, uh, my best friend was my personal trainer. And I said to my one day, Brian, what do you want to do when you grow up? And he said, I want to get real estate investing. So understand, I own seven companies, I run seven companies, I'm working seven days a week, 100 plus hours, not <laughs> a lot of free time. But I'm like, all right, let's do this. So uh, we started. And the thing about me, and I think this, you know, when I talked to a lot of my friends who are, you know, entrepreneurs is it's hard to do it a little, you know, I'm either all in or I'm not. I, I, I have the intention of doing it a little, but in reality, didn't, it doesn't happen like that. So I started watching some TV. I, I saw Flip This House, which was really one of the first uh, shows on home flipping. Yeah. And so I got some information and as an investor, I learned very quickly. And one of the courses I teach to realtors is the information you need to have credibility with investors, right? When you deal with investors, there's different type of information they're looking for than just buying your regular home. And so, uh, I started using that and eight months into, I was on my fourth flip, eight months into investing, I ended up on national television. So people have think I've been in real estate forever. I really haven't in 16 years. It's more than that. But, um, you know people go "Well, gosh how come you only were in this eight months and they came to you well you know I, I think there was a time back in the early 2000s that real estate investing and flipping did not have like the best um thought right you know kind of like attorneys sometimes people aren't flipping not sure about that and so i truly believe that the network liked that I was a CPA that worked at Price Waterhouse, And mm-hmm. then I was a bank president I because all of a sudden my picture, bio company, all on Annie's website. And, you know, then when we got into like short sales and other things, mm-hmm. I was the one because there were four locations. I was a lead here in Atlanta. You had, you know, Texas, Connecticut, LA, but I was more of the businessman and uh, to be able to articulate that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, um, You know, I learned, you know, eight months in, I didn't know a lot about flipping, but what I knew was how to run a business and how to analyze deals and, and then build teams. And, uh, I loved being on TV. But I was clear. I didn't want to be on TV to be on TV. I wanted it to brand myself. And I knew that, you know, I wasn't going to have trouble selling my homes. Why? When you're filming, you have people all the time coming by your properties to see that. And, you know, even though it's been 12 years since my last filming, people still recognize me. I I find that amazing that after 12 (laughs) years. Now, I still have 10 or 15 episodes on demand. You can go and see me um, from television. But, you know, it's just... I'm not sure I would recognize somebody that was on the show for 12 (laughs) years ago, but they do. I still love it. And um, it's afforded me the opportunity to go and speak at real estate offices and conventions and MC. And so a lot of the stuff I'm so passionate about, which is teaching and coaching, it's given me an opportunity and credibility.
2: Hey, Peter, you you know, you mentioned uh, early on, thank you for sharing all that, that, you know, you love to teach people the fundamentals for agents about what people are looking for. Uh, in terms of investing, what are those principles that you teach that people are coming into and saying, hey, you know, I understand real estate, but I don't really understand investing? What do you, what are those principles you teach?
1: So I love that. Now, there's an hour, so I'm going to condense this on ah. here. So, <laughs> here. Here are just a few things. First of all, if you're like an investor, really you should be uh, interviewing the realtor to make sure that there's certain things that they are going to teach you. So let's start with the first thing that a realtor that deals with an investor is to know what the ARV of the property is. Well, what's that? It's the after repaired values. Realtors go, well, how would I know how to do that? I'm like, well, wait a minute. When you go on a listing appointment, don't you go and you check your comps, take a look at properties that have similar things. And that's really what an after repaired value is, is after the work that you're going to do, So they have to understand that scope. What is that property going to look like? So that's the first thing that you need to do. Now, the other thing that the realtor needs is to have a consultation when they first start with the realtor. And um, here are just a couple questions that they should be asking the investor. One is, you know, what type of investing are you interested in? Is it gonna be flipping? Is it gonna be buying holes? Is it gonna be Airbnb? And the reason that's so important is a lot of times the homes that a realtor is gonna show an investor are different. So for example, um, you know, and I've done all those types of investing. So I love talking about all, there's, there's challenges in each one and there are advantages of each type of investing when it comes to that. But a lot of times an investor only wants to put, put a certain amount of um, repairs to that property. So you're typically mm-hmm. going to need a home that has good bones, right? You're not, you're going to, the stuff usually is cosmetic. You're not, you're not mm-hmm. knocking down walls. You're not adding square footage to the things on there. And, you know, versus a flip, um, I'm going to give you the formula that I used. I don't know if I'm going on board here, but the, how I made a lot of money in flipping homes, So what I did is I'd buy two-bedroom, one-bath. I added four to 800 square feet, made them three-bedroom, two-baths with a master suite. I'm going to say that one more time because I talk fast. i buy two-bedroom, one-baths, add four to 800 square feet, make them three-bedroom, two-baths with a master suite. Okay, why is that such a successful way of making money and flipping? Because it's a really take the law of supply and demand. Most People, when you ask them when they're looking for a house, what's a num- minimum number of bedrooms? It's three. What's a minimum number of bathrooms? It's two. So the transformation of going from a two-bedroom one to a three-bedroom with two is, is can be significant. And to make money flipping homes, you have to create more value than it costs you to do that scope of work. And um, and so the realtor has to understand when they're dealing with investors, like what are some things that need to go in there? Now, if the realtor really wants to have long-term relationships with the investors, there's some other things that they really can help provide. So the first thing is, what are certain areas that are good? So I get that question a lot from either the realtors or investors. I'm like, well, think of it this way. I have found I've made my most money on flips in transitional neighborhoods, Why is that? You've got to make sure that the difference between renovated and older homes that you have, you know, have a certain leeway in there, right? If you're in a new area, there's very little typically you can do that's going to create that additional value between older homes and renovated. Uh, The other stuff that a realtor should be asking when they deal with an investor is, okay, what is your profit uh, return of investment you're looking for. So if you don't know that, then every realtor is different. And so I was successful on my flips because I use, the, there are usually two ways people answer that. And then I used the one that was most conservative. So usually the answer to that question for most investors are there's a certain hard number they're looking for. So regardless of the flip, I'm not going to do it unless I can make $50,000. OK, some people are going to say, OK, it's a return on investment. And a lot of times, the typical number is 20%. The problem is, if you do a lower end flip, 20% could be eight, dollars $10,000, $12,000. And you always, especially if you start knocking down walls and adding space, you're going to find stuff that you didn't know. And that's not a big enough spread to be able to have that contingency factor that you need to do that. So they need to know you know what the investor is doing they need to be able to explain the ARV and then it's kind of like we're all like like to teach and coach so a lot of times the next thing is that you take a look at Um, what a house looked like that you did the comps for. And then figure out what's the scope of work that needs to be done in the house that you're building because a lot of people have trouble figuring out what's the cost of that renovation or scope of work is going to be. And so you can kind of help educate on that because one of the most common mistakes that most investors do to begin with is they overspend. You know, it's not your personal residence. So you might like, you know, 10 things being done, but as an investor, you only can do five if you're gonna make money. So you start talking about, okay, where are some of the areas that are gonna be most efficient? And you know, if you're in a room, a lot of realtors, and you say, what are the two most important rooms? It's the kitchen and usually, you know, and the bathrooms or the master suite. And so you can help by looking at scope of work and, and giving them some ideas of yes, that will help the after repair value or the appraised value. So anyways, that was a long answer, Adam, to a short <laughs> question that you asked. But once I get going, it's hard for me to stop.
0: <laughs> I liked well, it. Go ahead, Carrie. No, so I was just going to um, bring that into, you know, there's been a number of years that you've made quite a bit of money on flipping houses. And I love the concept of taking the two-in-one and bringing it to three and two, particularly in a market like we find ourselves in today, because there is a strong demand for property and not um, a lot of inventory. So I don't know if you're finding that to be still a really uh, good strategy in today's market or not. Um, So that would be a question. But to tack on to that, what is a good strategy in today's market? You know, Is there always um, opportunity for investors in every market, even in a market we find ourselves in today when it comes to real estate investing?
1: I love that question, Carrie. So, uh, so let's go back. Um, to be a successful flipper, I think you need to understand each of those strategies because there are times that, you know, one of the strategies is more advantageous than the other. So for example, when you flip a home and prices are going up, you know, when I got into this in 2004 or five, there were a lot of people that flipped homes that thought that they were really smart but they weren't. What they were good at was buying an appreciating asset. right? Mm -hmm. And when the market got more flat, they didn't know how to add actually value if the market wasn't increasing. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was like, okay, they didn't understand to get the two bedroom, one bath, add the square footage, make it a three bedroom with two bath. So in a typical, now I say typical market, if prices are appreciating, flipping is going to really be well. But even if the market is tighter, you can still make money on there, right? Because as an investor, you're looking, to, you're looking at the numbers, mm-hmm. not falling in love with a house. Mm-hmm. And, but the, but the, sometimes the challenge in flipping in that market is you're looking for a house where they had a wholesale value instead of a retail value. Mm-hmm. And to make money flipping homes, you make the money on your buy, is you've got to find sellers that are motivated. Now that can come in many different ways. Uh, It can come from, you know, somebody has a life changing event, they get married, they get divorced, they get sick, you know? And so a lot of times you're looking for properties that are off market, right? If you're into the MLS or FMLS, depending on where you're at, you know, a lot of times those properties have been seen by people and they go very quickly. So I wouldn't say that you can never make money, even in today's condition, you just have to be a little bit more, um, creative in how you're going to find those properties. All right. Now for myself, I have not done in the last 18 to 24 months, a lot of flipping a lot more of my investing is in the, um, long-term rentals and Airbnb's and uh, i got into airbnbs about 18 months ago and the reason i did is like people always ask me about like investing like what do you like about this what don't you like and my personal opinion is unless you've done it <coughs> you share about it like you like yeah. you know and like when i got into airbnbs there's stuff that's very different in your analysis and really in the execution of an airbnb versus a long-term rental on there mm-hmm. and so um you know, in, in today's market that has been so tight, it's been easier to find properties that are rentable because a lot of times you're not looking for that short-term mm-hmm. spread and, you know, the back-end appreciation is going to be there. But, you know, one thing you really need to get a grasp on when you're either a realtor talking to an investor or as an investor yourself is, you know, what's more important to you in the investing uh, if you're doing rentals? Mm-hmm. Is it the Gross cash flow to begin with, with maybe a little bit less opportunity for appreciation or vice versa. And if you find one that has both, you know it's a home run on there. But you just have to get people thinking and understanding what their objectives are in order to make sure that, you know, you're, especially if you're a realtor, uh, you're providing that value and thought process because a lot of realtors, and, and I loved when you first started talking about if you're not in investing, you you know, basically use your money to do that. But sometimes if people haven't had the education, they don't know what they don't know and they don't even know the right question to ask. And so as an advisor, as a coach, whether you're a realtor or some other form, you've got to ask some of these thought provoking questions once you've done it that can lead them to a better spot because sometimes they think they've heard something that they're better, but in reality, that doesn't match really what their objectives are.
2: Right. What prevents people from getting into investing in the real estate in the first place? Is there opportunities for people who don't have much cash to be able to get into investing?
1: So here's what I I learned this from Carrie, from Danny Faircloth, who is our (laughs) common friend. Danny says, it's never a matter of resources. It's a matter of resourcefulness. I love that. The first time I heard him, that was a mouthful. I love that. <laughs> so Adam, here is what I would tell you. I believe that the largest um, reason that people don't get started, and I've done boot camps and ask this question, and I find out people have been thinking about real estate investing for 15 years and haven't done anything. And then Danny, when we're teaching class together, he goes, Peter 15 years ago was just starting and on TV and look where he is 15 years later. So if you do nothing, nothing's gonna happen. I think it's, it's fear that prevents people. They don't know what they don't know. And they don't know what the right next step is. You know, you learn sometimes that you have to give people, you know, a bite at a time, or they get so overwhelmed, they do nothing.
0: Yeah. And so a blueprint, something important for people to be able to follow. Um, I don't know, you know, Adam and I believe in coaching at a high level, obviously. and people have gone before you. So be resourceful. Go find the people that have gone before you and let them guide you. Because if other people have done it, you can do it too. But we always say, and I think, you know, Denny and Isaac and I, when we're in the clubhouse rooms, always say, here's the thing. The reason you don't do it is because you're not competent. And the reason you're not confident is because you're not competent. So go find somebody who is and then do it. And then you can become competent so you can gain your confidence. But you've got to start somewhere. So that, that seems to make sense to me.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes people want to get into it and they're like, but I have nothing to offer or I don't have money. And I've always believed it's not that you don't have money. It's you at that point, haven't figured out that that's a high enough priority for you, right? There's just only a certain amount of hours. a certain You have a certain amount of resources, but if something's important enough, you make those sacrifices. And a lot of times, you know, like, I think this is where you're going with Carrie is you could go to someone and either do a joint venture or say, look, I'm do this for free. I want to follow you wherever you go and pick up nuggets while you're doing this. And so there's so many different ways if you're creative enough and want it bad enough on there. But for some people, um, they take a look at someone who's done it well and thinks that it's easy. I'm 61 years old. Now, if Denny was here, he would notice hey, I don't look a day over 35. You don't know that yet, but that's what I say. I don't feel a day over 35. Um, I've never found it really an easy way of making money. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes it's setting expectations with people. There's just a certain amount of work. And I'm sure when you coach people, sometimes you have to figure out what their objectives are to understand if you're going to put them in a position to win, that they're actually like realistic goals based on, you know, time and effort and some of the different things on there. So that's why I like to coach people so much is to really get into like what it is peel that onion back and back and back to get it why they want to do it and what their objectives are
2: i mean think (laughs) about it we're we're all in real estate and i mean all you really got to do is go out there and get a contract if you get a contract there's plenty of people sitting on the sidelines i read a stat a couple days ago that i think there's 26 percent of people's liquidity is tied up in cash right now and so i mean there's a tremendous amount of investors in our sideline what investors are looking for is really good deals So you don't have to be that good. You just have to be able to, if you look, look, if you buy avocados every day, then you understand what the pricing of avocados are. And if all one day they walk in and says $15 for an avocado, you're going to say that's way too much money, right? But if you walk in one day and it says seven cents, you're going to know it's a good deal. And so it's just being able to look at all the properties. And then when there's something there, lock the property up and use that contract as a way to influence yourself into an arrangement. And look, you may not walk out with 75% of the deal, but you're going to, just like you said, Peter, you're going to walk away with nuggets. You're going to go through the whole thing. You can use your, your commission, by the way, as equity into the deal, if that's something that you want to do as well too, to help start get you in there. So there's a lot of ways when you really want to, to put yourself in position there.
1: 100%. And, and, and I like that because, again, it's not a matter of resources, resourcefulness. Uh, you know, you and I could look at a deal and I know right away it's a good deal. Yeah. You know, it's because why? How many analysis of deals do I sure. look at on a consistent basis? So, yeah, surround yourself with people that you kind of respect that have done this. And, and you're right, you might make a little less money, but what is a little less money than no money?
2: Exactly. Well, you know, people are just also forgetting the long-term wealth benefits. You know, investing in the real estate isn't necessarily sexy, like building a tech company and selling it for a billion dollars in two days or whatever that is. But there is, it's, if you look at the long, like the, you know, the top 1,500 billionaires because there's 1,500 now, right? Whatever is. you see the people in real estate, they're older, but they generate wealth over long periods of time and people miss the compounding effect of that. I mean, and it's it's such an important aspect to remember that if you just bought an investment property every year starting off in 15, 20 years, you're going to be in a wonderful, wonderful equity position.
1: 100%. That, listen, that um, passive residual income, you know, getting that check every month, you know, it it, like you said, it compounds on there. And we all know that you're not going to lose money in real estate if you hold it long enough. Right. So the exactly. market's going to change and nothing. But, you know, because it's the highest appreciating assets. Why is it that the most wealthy people have part of their portfolios in real estate? Well, it's because it's the appreciation on that. Um, but again, it, it, somebody has to understand it's a marathon, not a sprint. If you're looking to get in and out quickly, it's a flip to try to generate money, but you know, the the pros and cons for each of the types of investing. And I love each and every one of them.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. And and that's a good way I think to 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 end this segment. The one thing I wanna to bring in what you and Adam just said, Peter, is you know, we have so many business owners, including real estate professionals that work in their business really hard every day to make the money they make. This is such a phenomenal opportunity to make the money that they work so hard for work for them and to truly be able to build wealth. And for me, that is a big part of achieving freedom which is what people really want to do when they become an entrepreneur in the first place. So if anything, I hope this just encourages you to think differently, realize there's opportunities out there all the time and you don't have to always have all the resources you just have to figure out how to be resourceful love that so thanks to you peter and denny for that one i'm going to write that one down um that's just you know again we all just have to think a little bit differently uh and we have to get outside of that fear a bit but the way we can do that is find experts that can work with us or help us and then we can uh we can make the moves that we need to make so we hope that this encourages you to do that We'll have all of the information um, also on how to get a hold um, of Peter, uh, you know, uh, for and all of the, the upcoming speakers. So if anybody wants to reach out to Peter, please do that. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for joining us today. I know you're super busy and we really appreciate your time. It was great to meet you in person. Yeah,
1: Thank you so much Peter. for having me. I appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Peter. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us on this bonus episode. And thanks again to Peter Pasternak for speaking with us at Achieve Freedom Now. If you are ready to launch yourself into growing a successful real estate business, Achieve Freedom Coaching is a great accountability partner to help you stay focused, organized, and pointed in the right direction, not just in business, but in all aspects of your life. If you have listened to our podcast before today, you know how important self-leadership is to the success of your business. Achieve Freedom Coaching will help you build the habits you need for success, and you may be very surprised by what coaching reveals about you, your life, and the direction you thought you were headed. It's time to dig deep and take a hold of the wheel in your one unique, amazing life. You can try our holistic business coaching for free by scheduling a call at businessandlifecoaching.com forward slash free-coaching-call.